Are you ready to experience the rich interconnection of spirituality, orientation, and identity? If so, plan to attend Liberating Your Divine Identity, a retreat at Unity Village during Pride Month, June 9th to the 12th. This soul-filled retreat is facilitated by LGBTQIA plus Unity Ministers with workshops and ceremonies to cultivate a deeper awareness of our spiritual nature. Register at unityvillage.org forward slash I am divine 2022. You're listening to Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. Welcome to the Yoga Hour, offering insights and practices for spiritually, consciously living today. Here's your host, Yogacharya, Ellen Grace O'Brien. Good morning and welcome to the Yoga Hour, where we talk about yoga in all its depth and breadth as a path to spiritually conscious, fulfilled living today. I'm your co-host, Dr. Laurel Trujillo, and today our topic is the prosperity imperative. We will dis- be discussing how we can live a prosperous, abundant life without losing our souls along the way. And I am so delighted to be joined today by the Yoga Hour founder and host, Yogacharya Ellen Grace O'Brien. Yogacharya O'Brien is an internationally acclaimed spiritual teacher, author, poet, and the founder and spiritual director of the Center for Spiritual Enlightenment a Kriya Yoga Meditation Center with headquarters in San Jose, California, which also is the sponsor of today's program. Yogacharya teaches nationally and internationally and has received several community service awards, including the 2015 Mahatma Gandhi Award for the promotion of religious pluralism. And today in particular, I am very excited to begin speaking about Yogacharya's new book, the Jewel of Abundance, Finding Prosperity Through the Ancient Wisdom of Yoga, which will be released this month on November 27th in just a few short weeks. The book is now available for pre-order on Amazon.com, or if you order on Ellen Grace O'Brien website, there is a pre-order bonus available only for the next few weeks until mid-November 2018. And again, that website is Ellen Grace O'Brien. And the Brian is B-R-I-A-N dot com slash the dash jewel dash of dash abundance. So the title of the book, The Jewel of Abundance with dashes in between. Um, or just go to the main page and you'll see a link to the book. Um, you can find out more about Yogacharya's writings and teaching schedule at her website that we just mentioned, Yogacharya. I'm sorry, EllenGraceO'Brien.com. And at the CSE website, csecenter.org. So welcome, 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 Yogacharya O'Brien or Umaji. I'm very delighted you could join me today on the Yoga Hour. Thank you, Dr. Trujillo. And it's uh, really a pleasure to be in this role on Yoga Hour um, and to be able to have this conversation with you um, really about turning the tide of uh, our understanding of wealth at this time. Mm-hmm. And right before we begin uh, our dialogue about the prosperity imperative and wealth, let's begin with a moment of practicing what the yoga hour is all about. Moment of meditation, a yoga moment. Oh. 
So as we begin this morning, let's just bring our attention to ourselves, our bodies, our minds, our breathing, bringing them all together and being aware of our body in space, feeling where the body is supported, perhaps sitting on a chair or with the feet on the floor and just noticing our breath. Just noticing as we inhale and feel the cool air in the nostrils and exhale and feel the warm air flowing out. Just noticing our breathing, noticing the natural flow, not trying to change it. Just breathing. And as we breathe, we can imagine on the inhale that we dive within. And on the exhale, we can relax. And as we dive within, we can open our heart to the essence at the core of our being. This one reality, called by many names, is within us, between us, and all around us. Everywhere we move and breathe, we are within this one reality. And imagining deep within in our hearts that we can rest there. We can rest in this essence of our being. And as we rest there, we may notice thoughts or feelings as they arise. We realize we can watch them. Watch them as they arise and watch them as they pass away. Resting in our hearts, resting in the essence of our being. And here, we rest in our true nature beyond words and thoughts, beyond sensation, pure existence being. We feel the peace that emanates from this essence of our being and allow it to pervade the mental field, the emotional nature, and the physical body. And as we draw this yoga moment to a close, let's remember that we can bring that peace with us and share it with all we meet. Once again, Yogacharya or Umaji, it's always a joy for me to be on the program with you. <laughs> I am really excited to talk with you today about your new book, The Jewel of Abundance, Finding Prosperity Through the Ancient Wisdom of Yoga. 
And today is the first in a series of conversations we're going to have about the book in the coming months, just as we had a series of conversations about Dharma last year. So prosperity, or the Sanskrit word is artha, is one of the four life goals set out in the Vedas for each of us. And I understand that um, the uh, book, as I mentioned, will be available on November 27th, but again, people can pre-order now. So what is Arta? What is prosperity from a Vedic perspective? First, um, thank you for that wonderful yoga moment, for that meditation. Um, which really is one of the keys uh, to our wealth, being able to experience our own wholeness, our own fullness. That's the source of wealth. Um, so Arta is uh, translated, uh, the Sanskrit word is translated as wealth. Um, and of course, wealth is more than material supply. Wealth is... Um, a sense of our own wholeness, health is wealth, um, beautiful, loving relationships are part of our wealth, um, a work that is inspiring is part of our wealth, and so when we look at wealth, um, we look at prosperity, we really look at what it means to thrive in in all of its um, manifestations in our life, and that is a uh, a bigger sense of what wealth is beyond simply the material level of being. And in the Purusharthas that you referred to, of course, there are four universal goals um, that the Vedas uh, lay out for us. The first being dharma, which is to live with higher purpose. And that is based on understanding of the universe as being sacred and divine and having a harmonious cosmic order to it that, that we can cooperate with. So our living with higher purpose is living in harmony with this divine order that, that then you know provides us a sense of uh, how to live, you know, morally, ethically, um, spiritually, um, all of those components come out of Dharma because it is a is a view of the cosmos as being an emanation of this uh, reality called God and how we live in harmony with that. And then the second goal is uh, Arta, which means wealth. Um, but, uh, you know, as you'll see in my in my book, it's not a, a book about um, prosperity in terms of how you can make a lot of money. It's um, prosperity in terms of how to live a dharmic life. So it's rightly called, I think, dharmic prosperity um, because this goal of wealth um, in the Purusharthas is that we have uh, and we learn how to attract what we need to fulfill our higher purpose. So that's really what it's about. And then just to mention the other two goals, because they're they're all important, they all work together. The next goal is Kama or pleasure, you know, how to enjoy life, which is uh, critical too. Don't want to be miserable while you're trying to live your higher purpose. And then the um, final goal is moksha or enlightenment or liberation. So those four goals uh, work together and they 
support, constrain, and support uh, one another. Mm-hmm. So, what draw you to what uh, draw, uh, drew you to mm-hmm. writing this book at this time? This book about abundance. Well, there's so many uh, reasons, but. Um, I'll, t- I'll tell you two of them. You know, one is that, of course, I, I've been um, serving as a spiritual teacher for many decades now, and I find that um, there's a natural inclination and interest towards dharma, and that part of that dharma, um, you know, is people waking up spiritually and then wanting to serve in the world in the right way. But there's very little understanding of Arta that you need the means to be able to do that. So, you know, there has been this disconnect between um, living uh, a, a life of higher purpose, doing what you're here to do, and then how to uh, cultivate and have the necessary means to do that. And, you know, part of that is the old um, split between, you know, spiritual life and material existence. So I have just been on a campaign, you know, to heal that split in our consciousness that because it's not true in terms of the um, cosmological view, you know, that there's only one reality that's expressing um, from the most subtle realm, you know, to the material realm. So there's, there's that. And also, um, I really am interested in um, seeing a, a a proper relationship to wealth at this time. You know, we have such disparity, um, you know, this time of the the rich um, and those without resources, you know, such a, a huge um, gap. And um, people at the top, in a sense, accumulating more and more wealth and uh, others finding it difficult even to survive. So uh, we live in a world out of balance with regard to Arta right now. And so I, I really would like to see people have more access to understanding the deeper spiritual laws of wealth that it might uh, then contribute to a more harmonious distribution of uh, even material wealth in the world. Mm-hmm. So thank you for that. I think it is really um, wonderful to look at uh, prosperity through this lens of Dharma. So Dharmic, you know, prosperity, because in our Western material oriented culture, we have tended to define prosperity through the number of material possessions we have, just as you mentioned. So if we have plenty of money, a nice place to live, a new car, we're seen as, quote, prosperous, unquote. But as you mentioned, the, the Vedic view of prosperity is really different. So how do we consider ourselves prosperous without these necessarily these outer trappings of of you know, the Western view of prosperity. Well, I think, you know, one of the things that is obvious to us, if we just look, um, is that outer um, possessions, material goods, while I, I will have to say that, you know, it, it, 
it can and does make life um, easier at some level. You know, if people are struggling to have medical care, um, you know, to have transportation, those kinds of things, we can't say that you know, having material goods wouldn't make it easier and better. It would, and it does, but there's a certain level at which that just breaks down, you know, that you, that beyond having um, the basic necessities of life, um, material goods don't make people any happier. So we just have to look at this accumulation and this this tendency to accumulate material things. um, And we don't have to look far to see that that actually doesn't make people happy Mm -hmm. (laughs) and you know there are plenty of examples that we can you know point to lives of movie stars or sports figures or you know people that we know have uh, tremendous wealth um, but who don't necessarily have happiness and then you know certainly people um, who don't have um, tremendous material wealth but who do have uh happiness. So, you know, it looking at um, what the nature of wealth is and also looking at what the nature of happiness is, is part of this journey, is part of this quest. You know, what what is it that is the source of our happiness? Mm-hmm. And uh, as we begin to study these teachings, you know, we, we see that um, things in the material realm, you know, come and go, but that there is a source of divine happiness within us, a fullness within us that we can learn to access. And that's actually part of learning how to prosper, is learning how to come from our own fullness um, so that we um, we don't have a consciousness of, of lack, um, so that we can actually draw to us what is needed. Mm-hmm. So in the title of this program, we call it the Prosperity Imperative, and that is also taken from uh, the first chapter of your book. So can you um, expand on that for us? So Prosperity Imperative, why is this an imperative um, I mean, I guess we've touched on this already, you know, how it has had this really limited, um, this limited um, definition, and it has this separation, as you've mentioned, between the material and the spiritual. Is, is that what you mean in terms of the world right now? What is the prosperity imperative? I, I wanted people to see that this um, urge that we have Uh, to thrive actually comes from the soul level of our being that it's there with us when we come into the world and it is part of spirit um, God Brahman uh, wanting to express itself in all its fullness um, in our lives through us and so the first thing I think for us to understand is that prospering is natural to us. It's an urge that we have. Just 
you know, look at how a child is inclined towards growth. You know, we could say the same way as a, a flower in the garden, you know, is is inclined to blossom. So we are all inclined to fulfill our potential and we have that urge within us. And so the path of prosperous living is really learning how to cooperate with that and learning how to honor it. You know, sometimes we have to get rid of what really is an ego uh, egoistic message about what we can and cannot do and so learning how to thrive in accordance with arta and dharma is is having a deeper understanding of this imperative that comes from life itself to thrive and then learning how we can honor that how we can cooperate with it you know so many people have inspired ideas about um, what they could bring forth, but they lose confidence in that idea because they don't have confidence in themselves at the spiritual level of their being in terms of the infinite um, resources that are really knocking at the door of the soul. Mm-hmm. So it, here's a quote from the book. It's time to lift wealth into its higher potential on a personal and global scale. So can you say more about that? You've been talking about it on a personal scale. You know, what do you see uh, for this on a global scale? Well, you know, as I um, mentioned a little bit earlier, I, I see that there are many people today and um, really the younger generation, especially, we can see it, that they're looking for, you know, new ways um, to change um, conditions in our world, um, you know, towards health and happiness. And so, you know, we have young young people, especially who are, are facing um, climate change, for example, and um, they're looking at you know, how to do things differently, you know, how to bring forth um, uh, energy in a way that is going to be healthy for the planet, for example. That's a big leap, you know, from what we've been doing from the mindset that we've had um, for generations. And so where is that going to come from? Well, it's going to take um, creative ideas, it's going to take inspiration, and it's going to take wealth in in terms of the means and the resources um, to make it happen. So I want to see people who are inspired to make these positive changes on our planet, um, whether they're political changes or changes um, in terms of climate and science, uh, technological changes. I want to see them be able to understand, you know, how we can bring forth these um, potentials from within us and then attract the resources that are necessary to make the changes. So, you know, it comes back to learning how to cooperate with the infinite. And, and it's also having a mindset about what we do being for the well-being of all because arta is not seen in the vacuum of personal wealth it's um rightly seen it's understood 
as dharmic prosperity, which is for the good of all. So that's the big difference in terms of talking about global scale. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that's also um, the difference, you know, in, in talking about prosperity as potentially as a spiritual goal that, you know, for the good of all. Absolutely. It really needs to be that way. I mean, we have enough millionaires and billionaires and um, what we need now is um, sort of like an uh, an opening of our global awareness, our global consciousness. And we're really right on the verge of that. You know, we're, we're living in a time when we're so connected globally. And um, it's just time for us to have a greater consciousness of what it looks like um, to share wealth. And that's certainly part of it. Um, and to and to help people understand, you know, how uh, through their own consciousness, too, they can begin to awaken to their infinite potential. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I and mean, that's really lovely. Um Part of the um, view of prosperity that you outlined at the beginning was really realizing that we are surrounded by resources, that, you know, for our um, dharmic living, that um, there are ways to be open to, and as you mentioned, to attract, you know, what it is we need to succeed in our higher purpose. It is true, and I think that... um coming to offer our lives in service uh, to something greater than ourselves. Um, and some people are first working at the level of, you know, serving their own family, you know, lifting up their family, which is a righteous service. Um, but also then getting beyond that to, you know, how can I contribute to my community? How can I contribute um, to my country? How can I contribute in the world? So it's sort of opening this space of um, being an instrument um, for divine possibility. Mm, yes, to hold it in the highest way, including, um, you know, our uh, divine purpose and have it be in the service of all. And with that, we've come to the break. You're listening to the Yoga Hour with host and founder of the show, Yogacharya O'Brien. The book we're discussing today is her new book, which will be available on November 27th, 2018. It's called The Jewel of abundance, finding prosperity through the ancient wisdom of yoga. It's now available for pre-order on Amazon.com or on Yogacharya's uh, website, ellengraceobrien.com slash the dash jewel dash of dash abundance. And again, there will be a pre-order bonus on that site for the next few weeks till mid-November. So uh, check it out. I'm Dr. Laurel Trujillo, co-host of the show, and we'll come back from the break and explore more about the different ways uh, to prosper. Discover the power within. Unity Online Radio. 
the voice of an awakening world. As Unity Online Radio continues to expand its programming and outreach around the world, we depend on the generosity of listeners like you. If you enjoy the programming, please make your donation today by going to unityonlineradio.org and click on Donate. Thank you for your support. Here's a Unity Meditation Minute with Paulette Pipe. So as always, we begin our time of meditation by first taking account of what we're feeling, those sights that we're seeing, those sensations that we're experiencing, and each breath that we breathe. Notice where in your body you're experiencing those sensations. Let your breathing find its own rhythm. As we begin the process of letting go, the process of relaxation. Remember why we're here. To hear more from Paulette Pipe and Touching the Stillness, visit the archives section at unityonlineradio.org. Did you know you can reach Unity's 24-7 prayer ministry online? You don't even have to give your name to know the prayers have begun for you or those you love. Someone has been praying around the clock at Silent Unity since 1890, and every request is taken into prayer for 30 days. Why not let us pray with you, too? To submit your prayer request to Silent Unity online, go to unity.org and click on prayer, or call 816-969-2000. Grief can bring you down, but it doesn't have to take over your life. From Grieving to Believing is a transformational weekend taking place November 16th to the 18th at Kripalu Center for Yoga and Health. Join grief expert David Kessler, spiritual medium Maureen Hancock, and Paul Denniston, the creator of Grief Yoga, in the beautiful Berkshires of Western Massachusetts. This unique event will take you into deep soul healing, addressing body, mind, and spirit. Reserve your space today at kripalu.org. Search Grieving to Believing. Discover how to connect with our loved ones on the other side with Suzanne Giesman and Messages of Hope. Tune in every Thursday at 3 p.m. Central as Suzanne shares evidence that love never dies. In evidential medium, spiritual teacher, and author, Suzanne brings hope and healing through her gift of communication with those who have passed. Suzanne brings messages of hope and love that go straight to the heart. Tune in this Thursday right here on Unity Online Radio. Call now with your question or comment. 816-251-3555. That's 816-251-3555. You're listening to The Yoga Hour, living the eternal way with your host, Yogacharya, Ellen Grace O'Brien. Welcome back to The Yoga Hour. I'm Dr. Laurel Trujillo, co-host of the show, and here today, I feel so fortunate to have Yogacharya Ellen Grace O'Brien to be discussing her new book, The Jewel of Abundance, Finding Prosperity Through the Ancient Wisdom of Yoga. Yogacharya also released an award-winning book of poetry last year in 2017 called The Moon Reminded Me, and again, you can find out details about her books on 
her website, ellengraceobrien.com. So, um, Luigi, The Jewel of Abundance was is the title of your book. So what's the significance of that title? Um, it's so amazing where that comes from. It actually is the spiritual law of abundance that is stated in Patanjali's Yoga Sutra, the um, classical text of yoga practice. So um, the subtitle of my book, Finding Prosperity Through the Ancient Wisdom of Yoga, much of the teaching in the book um, is drawn from Patanjali's Yoga Sutra as well as some from the Mahabharata and Upanishads and also some uh, other uh, world world scriptures but primarily from those yoga uh, scriptures and this law of abundance is offered as one of the uh, yamas uh, or restraints of yoga which are the principles of ethical living and this one in particular that has to do with art to our wealth says that when we are established, meaning we have the consciousness of, when we are established in non-stealing, we experience the jewel of abundance. So um, what we find in the teachings of yoga are really metaphysical principles to live by. And this one, with regard to wealth, says you, you need to change your mind um, about uh, wealth and acquiring and and um, get out of the consciousness of stealing, you know, taking what does not belong to you, um, acquiring what you cannot afford, um, but come into an awareness of your true sufficiency. And let your life, your action, your thoughts, your actions proceed from that. And you will find that you will draw to you all the jewels of abundance. Mm. Yeah, it's, it's really beautiful. So as you mentioned, this, um, this yama or ethical principle of non-stealing. So obviously, that also sounds familiar from the Bible. So, which mm-hmm. has the com- commandment that says, thou shalt not steal. So what's the relationship? Are we talking about the same thing? I think so. I, I really think so. And we find it, um, you know, offered first as a prohibition in both traditions. Like, don't don't take stuff, right? Don't don't mm-hmm. appropriate what, what is not yours, either, um, you know, physically yours or by right of consciousness. And so in the teachings of Jesus, you know, he, he took it um, to a deeper level as well by, by instructing his disciples that they shouldn't envy or covet, you know, which is, is what we find in the Vedic teachings that, you know, it starts at the material level of not taking something that doesn't belong to you, but then it goes into much deeper um, reflection about what it means uh, to take what doesn't belong to us. And, you know, I've been talking a bit about our, our global situation. And so 
you know, let's look at it there. You know, like Gandhiji said, there's there's plenty um, in the world for everyone's need, but not enough for everyone's greed. And so when we look at using more resources than we need or or having more things than we can even appreciate, you know, I find today where there's sort of a crisis of stuff, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like er, mostly everybody has too much stuff and it's, you know, like now in the neighborhoods, I mean, it used to be people would have garage sales, but now people don't even want to buy more stuff for five cents. So people are putting boxes of stuff out on the curb and saying, please, you know, take this, it's free, right? So um, (laughs) it's like having more than we can use or appreciate um, is in a sense stealing resources um, from our children and grandchildren. So, you know, that we have to, we look very deeply into how, into how we live and, um, you know, envying the success of another, for example, is, 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 is another form more subtle uh, uh, of stealing. But ultimately in yoga, it gets turned around. So, if, for example, the non-stealing, we look at what is the opposite of it, and the opposite of it would be, you know, generosity, right? And so ultimately, the fulfillment of not taking is giving, and that's how we begin to live a, a life of prosperity, as we develop a consciousness of wholeness, of fullness, and we learn how to give, Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And there's so much there. There's so much richness there. Um, you know, so often what we're really wanting or seeking is not something that, you know, not the new whatever it is that we just saw online or in a store, but, you know, our our own self, our own wholeness, you know, is really what we're seeking. And it gets kind of displaced, which is part of why it's like you buy something and you're in love with it for a little while. And then it's, it's, it no longer fulfills that need, right? It, you know, you need to go out and have the next, whatever, the next new car, the next dress, the next pair of shoes, um, realizing that, you know, well, you have to step back to realize Uh that that's not, going to get you to true happiness right so that is tied into um our deeper understanding of what brings happiness or you know contentment and what brings suffering and so it's a wonderful path you know i've talked about this path of prospering as a spiritual um, exercise, as a spiritual path, a way of contributing to our awakening, because it has us look very deeply into these questions, and and not with a sense of guilt or, or shame, but looking at, you know, how can this be part of waking up to our wholeness and to our role as uh, global citizens, and so, you know, part of it is exploring you know what we're actually looking for you know as you mentioned you know and what we think we're going to get and what is it that's driving us you know sometimes we're looking for what we think will bring us happiness or maybe freedom um or you know i mean i am ever amazed you know having (laughs) lived grown up through the ever enhanced um household um gadgets right (laughs) that that are designed to bring us freedom and um (laughs) 
you know, I've, I've had most of them and I find that, you know, ultimately um, it comes down to it's probably much simpler um, to just chop the vegetables on your board uh, in the kitchen yourself. Um, <laughs> you know, because if you have one of those big slicer dicer things, then you have to have a cupboard to put it in and, you know, life gets more and more uh complicated. But I find one of the interesting things that drives consumption, and I've noticed it uh, myself, um, that it has caused me to kind of take a breath and say, oh, wow, okay, <laughs> is um, that we strive for perfection. And so we're looking for something that's perfect aren't we we're looking for the perfect phone we're looking for the perfect app we're looking for the perfect pair of jeans and so (laughs) we get a pair of jeans you know and they're really pretty good jeans but then you know there's a new pair that comes out that has a little higher waist or a little bigger cuff or something you know that seems like oh that would be perfect. And so we we live in this world where things have a, this kind of um, uh, aura about them that has to do with this is this is going to be perfect. And um, so I think we need to back up and see um, that this striving for perfection, is never going to come at that level and that that what is perfect is our essence of being and once we can be more connected to that we can be freed up from this uh, outer striving uh, for perfection yes indeed and and um there's something about being aware of the life cycle of things that is also is really, really helpful, you know, so that gene, that pair of jeans, even if it was a perfect pair of jeans is not going to be per- perfect forever because mm-hmm. you, you know, you get a stain on them or you, you know, you get, they get a hole in the knee or, you know, whatever it is, you know, there's um, just, as you said, these things are impermanent mm-hmm. um, and we long for that permanent perfection. And there's mm-hmm. only one, and there's only one place for mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. So in your book, you talk about the transformational power of truth as part of the practice of non-stealing. Telling the truth is another of the yamas, the five ethical guidelines about how to relate to others that are taught in the Yoga Sutra. So can you tell us more about how truth supports our practice of non-stealing and opens us up to the abundance in our lives? In the same way as the um, restraint or the yama on non-stealing, um, the restraint that has to do with uh, speaking and living the truth um, has a full range of power that is connected with it. And according to the Yoga Sutra, our relationship to truth corresponds with our relationship to have power to manifest. Um, in, in particular, for our words to have power. And 
And of course, they do. Words do have power, but we are often unaware of the power of our word because we haven't fully understood that it is coming from the primal um, vibration, the life energy, the shakti, that is uh, spirit manifesting in the world, you know, moving from the subtle realm of thought into speech um, and into action. So our ability to line up uh, our thoughts, our speech, our action with the higher truth, um, with the truth of our being, the truth about life, you know, it's it's back to a way that we learn how to cooperate with the infinite. So we think about, you know, what is what is true, what is true about ourselves, what is true about life, and um, we pay attention to that. So we try to then align our thinking and our speech and our actions with the highest uh, truth. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And as you mentioned, you know, words really do have power. Um, and I think it's a, it, it has been a helpful practice for me and I know of, uh, for others as well of just really focusing on, on truth and thinking about that and being aware of that as you, as you say things, um, that they do have a power of bringing, uh, bringing things into manifestation yeah, and this, you know, really at the core, this um, spiritual teaching about abundance is all about um, changing our consciousness, you know, from uh, an egoistic level of functioning, you know, thinking we're separate from the source, thinking that, um, you know, we are in charge <laughs> and um, versus opening to a higher understanding that we are uh, divine emanations. You know, we we are expressions of that one reality, absolute reality. And so, you know, truth uh, and truthful living takes on the... Um, perspective of learning how to live in a way that honors who we really are. So, you know, we get out of that um, consciousness of lack and we learn to have faith in the infinite because we know that's our life. So um, that's the truth of what we are. And so it's making that shift uh, in consciousness uh, from lack to abundance, um, not from um, an egotistical perspective, but from the radical humility that says, I'm a spiritual being and so is everyone else. And this is a spiritual and holy world that we're living in. And I open myself to the infinite potential potential that wants to express through me and is expressing through me right now. Mm-hmm. Oh, so it's beautifully said. So uh, your guru, Ray Jean Davis, has said, there's a power for good running the universe. And all we have to do is to learn to cooperate with it. And in your book, you've quoted him. Here's the quote, whether your lifestyle is simple and your needs are few, or your lifestyle is expansive and more resources are needed to accomplish your purposes, 
whatever is needed, the universe can easily supply, which gets into that abundance consciousness that you were talking about. So can you tell us more about this universal supply? Well, the philosophy behind it is that there's one life, there's one power, there's one presence, so we're not separate from it. And as we begin to foster a consciousness of abundance and uh, really a life of service, that we look to, you know, how is it that what we're inspired to do um, is what the universe wants to do. <laughs> you know, when we, when we start to be aware of that, then it's a matter of the universe itself, life itself, providing for its own needs. And um, we're we're just hopping onto that train. You know, life is is going to prosper itself. That's its nature. So we learn how to cooperate with that inherent tendency of life to thrive and to prosper and to fulfill its purposes by signing up, you know, to um, be a part of this life that is awakening to its own potential and that will will serve um, the higher good of of the planet and of all beings. Mm, yes, indeed. So this was a major undertaking, you know, writing this book. I know it's really consumed a lot of your time and and then, you know, moving in into uh, now as it becomes, you know, published, we'll continue with you, you know, doing tours, etc. So what surprised you most about writing this book? Um, well, it shouldn't have surprised me, but it did <laughs> surprise me. And that is, you know, I started off, uh, I had written a curriculum for a year-long course called ARTA 365, which actually I will bring back in a new form uh, next year um, as an adjunct um, to working with the principals in the book. But so some years ago, I designed that course that had, you know, 52 lessons in it and um, spiritual practices. And I thought, well, that's great. It's a book, you know, poof, it's a book. But it was a year long, it was a year long course. And of course, the first thing is that nobody wants a book that's going to take a year to get through, you know, book books are different. Um, but even after I put the lessons together, uh, what surprised me most, and, and I say shouldn't surprise me, because it's really what the book is about, is that there was a spirit, there was a Shakti, there was an energy to the book that wanted to come out, that wanted to prosper. And so the the voice and the um, the way in which the teachings came out in the book is quite different than the lessons um, that it came from, because it, 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 it was a, a way in which my own soul, my own spirit um, unfolded into um, what the book could offer. And so, of course, every day I prayed and uh, I have a picture of 
Lakshmi that I'm looking at right now that's like over my computer and she's considered you know the goddess of wealth she's the one that you see with the beautiful gold coins pouring out of her hands but I say in the book yes she is goddess of wealth there's the gold coins coming from her hand but in her other hand one of her other hands is a lotus that symbolizes enlightenment. So it's really about wealth in service of higher consciousness. Mm, yes, a beautiful image of uh, the lotus in one hand and the and the wealth, as you were saying, you know, representing the dharmic prosperity. It's really what mm-hmm. we're talking about, right? Yes. So let's see. Um, We have about three more minutes and I, or four, and I wanted to give you a chance to uh, leave some inspiration or encouragement for listeners about, um, obviously, in addition to pre-ordering the book, which they can do, but say you want to start down on this path of dharmic prosperity. So how do you do that? Where do you begin I think the first um, step is spiritual realization, (laughs) is knowing that as a spiritual being, um, you are whole and complete, you are divine, you are already a prosperous person. So you can begin in just one moment to make the change from lack to abundance by changing your mind about who you are. Um, you know, we we have all been in the place where we feel like we need, you know, we need, we need love, we need money. And when we have that consciousness of I need, I need, I need, um, the mind is very troubled and also we are not attractive. We, we tend to repel actually the very thing that we want. Um, and so the fundamental thing is to begin by changing the mind from lack to abundance, regardless of what externals look like. We begin with that first step of acknowledging I am a spiritual being. I am divinely endowed with all the qualities of God that are within me as potentials, as seeds within my own consciousness. And as I open myself now at this time in my life to prosper and to thrive and to be successful in all ways, I begin by acknowledging that truth of my being. Yes, so beginning with the change in consciousness, which really is where all true change, true transformation comes from. And then specific, you know, practices, like I was reflecting on uh, meditation um, and how meditation can really help us to make that leap, to make that, um, uh, to broaden our understanding of who we really are. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I have um, two chapters in the book that are dedicated to that. Why meditation is central um, to waking up to our abundance. Um, Because really with meditation, we can get out of um, the 
the constraints of thinking mind and settle into awareness of our infinite divine nature. So there's a philosophical uh, understanding of why meditation is important um, besides all the wonderful health benefits we get from it. But um, it's a philosophical shift that happens with meditation. Mm. And then and then we learn how to do it and we do it every day so we can stay grounded in the truth of our being. Mm, wonderful. And with that, we've come to the close. You've been listening to the Yoga Hour. It's been my pleasure to share this time with you and to be here with Yogacharya Ellen Grace O'Brien. We've been discussing her new book, The Prosperity. Actually, we've been discussing her new book, The Jewel of Abundance, Finding Prosperity Through the Ancient Wisdom of Yoga, which is available for pre-order now on Amazon.com. Uh, the book will be released on November 27th, 2018. And if you look at the Ellen Grace O'Brien website, you can also pre-order with a bonus available for the next few weeks until mid-November. You can find out more about Yogacharya's writings on her website, ellengraceobrien.com, and about her teaching schedule at the CSE website, csecenter.org. Thank you so much, Yogacharya Umaji, for this really inspiring discussion. Thank you for the opportunity to be with you on the Yoga Hour. Mm. Um, and I look forward to speaking again with you uh, next week when we will be talking about the, um, well, actually more about the book and the basic spiritual law of wealth. Um, the Yoga Hour is a service project of the Center for Spiritual Enlightenment, a meditation center in the Kriya Yoga tradition. CSE welcomes people from all backgrounds who are seeking self and God realization, a path to spiritually conscious, fulfilled living in today's world. Remember to subscribe to the Yoga Hour podcast or iTunes or Stitcher. Thank you to the Yoga Hour team. Yogacharya O'Brien, who we've been so fortunate to have with us today, assistant producers Anne Hayes and Sean Smith, CSE's global media outreach manager Holly Gray, and Jeff Comfort and Louis Pagan in the sound room at unity.fm. I look forward to being with you again while Yogacharya O'Brien is away. Until then, remember, you carry your own healing and wholeness within you. Share your peace and joy with all you meet. Thanks for listening. This is Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Are you ready to experience the rich interconnection of spirituality, orientation, and identity? If so, plan to attend Liberating Your Divine Identity, a retreat at Unity Village during Pride Month, June 9th to the 12th. This soul-filled retreat is facilitated by LGBTQIA Unity ministers with workshops and ceremonies to cultivate a deeper awareness of our spiritual nature. Register at unityvillage.org forward slash IMDivine2022. 